Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother and co-host, the contrite Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? How do you like our echoey cave? Well, the fact that we are sitting across from each other instead of in our closets uh, is a little bit, frankly, unnerving. Yeah, it's a little different. It's a little different, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not in my jammies and mm. uh, sitting in my comfy seat, uh, but you know, I'm doing all right. And you know, as you mentioned, feeling a little, a little contrite. A little contrite. Yes. A little, a little like maybe you overreacted last week. <sighs> That's a strong word, but yes, maybe maybe uh-huh. I did overreact a little bit. Right, yeah, and and we were all wrong. Not all wrong. That's right, because I wasn't wrong. <laughs> yes, I, that's, I, 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 I don't think you were contrite at all. I am not contrite at all. I, I, I regret nothing. I meant everything that I said. Uh, just because one little thing was factually correct... That they discovered one little thing. Okay, maybe it's not a little thing. But still, you know, I've got a really good anecdote about my couple, this couple that I know named uh, Jane and Dick. You know, the wife and I, we played lawn darts with them every Arbor Day. And uh, I think the analogy of what, what happened to Jane and Dick really works well with what happened between the Giants fans last week and the front office and ownership. Because... Well, I mean, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, but, you know, that the fact of the matter is uh, there are other reasons for us to be excited, right? There are other reasons for us to be excited besides well, besides the fact that that uh, that we were all wrong. Well, certainly. I mean, we signed some more players this week. Which That's is right. Always exciting. That's right. Michael Conforto. Yes. You know, Mr. Conforto, who missed all of last year. Due to a serious pish, injury? Pish-posh. Pish-posh, <laughs> Matthew. Pish-posh. You know what I like best about Michael Conforto? That he signed? That he signed yet another... Well, that is... Well, pending the physicals. Pending physicals, right. <laughs> we should know better by now. Yeah, I think that's really... We should all be looking at, at, at anything in life, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, like, don't count your chickens, it's like pending the physical. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, but what I love best about Conforto is he signed one of these beautiful one year plus one year player option, and uh, what I like best about these contracts is that uh, it, it clearly demonstrates that these guys do not want to be San Francisco Giants. So what isn't to love about Conforto and Manea and Stripling? Well. Just one less player that I have to go out and buy their jersey, right? I mean, I'm right, not making right. an investment on a one-year contract. That is true. That is true. But hey, you know what? That you are on that whole jersey thing. Yeah, you can actually get a two-for-one right now. A Taylor jersey or a Tyler jersey. It just says <laughs> Rogers on the back, <laughs> right? 
Yes. You got two players covered now. <laughs> oh, the uh, twins have uh, returned. That's right. The convened. twins. They haven't returned. What is the word? They've uh, they've united. They've Our they've merged? merged. No, they haven't merged. Yeah, no, united. They're, they're still. Yeah. yeah, they're still. They're still. They're still two. What's interesting about them is that they are identical twins. But their pitching styles are as if they were fraternal twins. Yeah. Well, one's right-handed, one's left-handed. Yeah. One's a submariner, one's an overhand guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, one of them has natural talent, one of them has... <laughs> hey! Sometimes you just gotta scrap your way to the top. That's right. That's right. Well, oh. anyway, folks, today is Monday, December 26th, Boxing Day. As we record this podcast, Matthew and I are hanging out in the same room in my cavernous home office, hence the echo. I, I assume that, that you're all hearing that. We apologize for that. But don't worry, we'll be back in our closets soon. Although now that I think about it, I'm gonna, the whole reason we're doing this is because I'm going to be traveling. Yeah, and, mm. and, and I think maybe next week uh, there is a good chance that we might release the lost episode. <laughs> The Lost episode. Oh, you know what? I think that's actually really appropriate. Yeah. That is really appropriate because you know what, Matthew? At that time, when we recorded that episode, the whole Carlos Correa thing had never happened. Yeah. And was I angry? You were, you were a little angry. I was a little angry. And I think it was that same anger that motivated me last week. So, so no, I am not contrite. I am not sorry about anything that I said last week. Nor am I sorry about the title of the episode. Really? No apologies to Mr. Johnson? <laughs> None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Well, you know, the Giants have a small Johnson. We, well, you know. But as we all know, Matthew, that's not what matters. It's the size of your wallet. Exactly. But also, that only matters if you're not super stingy. <laughs> but anyway, we're trying something new this week. We are. Yeah. That's right. Instead yeah. of a question for me, mm -hmm. we are we are going to release, uh, we're going to actually do uh, trivia, Giants right. trivia. And and the reason we are doing that is because yesterday when I came down for my Christmas morning, Santa left me a book called The Ultimate San Francisco Giants Trivia Book. Wow. So, so instead of me asking you a question... We're going to be asking our listeners a question. That's right. So we'll ask the, the question at the beginning of the episode, and then we'll answer it, maybe. <laughs> maybe. At the end, uh, assuming that we remember, and assuming that we're not too drunk uh, to where we... we so I play. definitely will not be remembering. I, I, I gathered that it was my responsibility. Right. Okay. To, fair to enough. Drag yeah. that around. Good. Yes. I, oh, then I'm on board. I'm on board. Okay. So, so fire away. What's the, what's the question? So the Giants lead all of American professional baseball. With 11,366 franchise wins. That's more than any team in, in Major League and or Minor League history. Right. right. Of any sport? Of, 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 of American major, baseball. Of American, American baseball. baseball. Okay. Yes. That's the way it was phrased in the book. Uh, how many ties do they have? Mm -hmm. And believe mm -hmm. it or not, Giants have a lot of ties. Wow. Wow. So. Yeah. Yeah, they get a lot of ties for Father's Day. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so we will we will revisit this at the at end, the end of, of the, the show. Episode. We'll try to anyway. You never. It just depends how how sauced we get. And we'll say if we forget, then just Wikipedia. Okay. Just, <laughs> That's right. Just, That's just, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just go look it up on the Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, but don't do that now. That's cheating. That's cheating. Wait till the end of the right. episode. We'll let you know. Wait till the brothers have screwed it up, and then you can Wikipedia. Right. There are some that are just assuming we're gonna. Uh, 
Screwed yeah, up. they're looking it up right now. They're already now. looking it up. Well, because yeah. they're like, I never listened to the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> By that time, you're so sloshed that they're that's just right, like, all right, right, let's right, go. Right, right. Although I think that's probably their favorite part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm listening back the second time, it's usually my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite part of the episode, even though I uh, sometimes I don't remember it. <laughs> anyway, you know who's also here with us? Bob. Bob. How's it going, Bob? I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> yeah, you certainly didn't get paid enough to come up here, but you did anyway. I don't know, man. Anyway, hit Matthew with the question. What are you drinking, Matthew? Santa was good to me this year. Uh, so besides this really cool Giants trivia uh, book, I also was gifted a smoking kit for uh, for cocktails. For Smoking's for- bad for you, Matthew. It is totally bad, except when you're smoking your drink. Okay, and uh, so with this, and this is not, there are some very elaborate ones. This is not an elaborate one. This is like a little disc that you put over your drink glass. You put a few, it's got a little container, a little receptacle that you put some chips in there. And then you fire it with a blowtorch or with your uh, culinary torch. Exactly, got it right there. That is uh, terrifying. Maybe you have one because you do some creme brulee or you know things like that. We happen to have one because one time I thought that I would make creme brulee and went out and got it. And, and I did. I made it for one time and realized it was way more effort than I ever wanted to do again. And so the torch just sat in my cabinet for a long time. So now I'm going to be able to use it to torch my smoker. And so, uh, so this cocktail is called the Smoked Rosemary Whiskey Sour. And it's got two ounces of bourbon, one ounce of lemon juice, Half an ounce of maple syrup, and you put that into a mixing glass and mix it with some ice uh, for about 20 30 seconds, uh, and then you strain it into a uh, rocks glass with fresh ice. Uh, and then you put your little smoker over it. And I have some pecan or pecan, I don't know, however you want to, pecan uh, or pecan, I say pecan chips, uh, wood chips, and uh, rosemary uh, needles in there. And I torched it and let it sit there for a couple minutes uh, and, and, and letting it soak in the, the smoke. And then I burned an extra rosemary spear and garnished the drink with that. And uh, so you get the smokiness and this uh, the maple syrup plays really well with the bourbon. And it's a really nice, easy cocktail. That's what I'm drinking today. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Yes, Bob. You don't even know, Bob. He didn't let you have a sip. Well, it does sound tasty. I, I didn't taste it either. He wouldn't let me have any, so it, that must mean it, it is it is pretty good. You know, I vaguely like un- realize now that pecans grow on trees. They do, I don't, yeah. And so this is referring not to the pecan themselves, right? To and the these wood of the. These pecan. aren't like like snack chips made out of pecans. <laughs> these are like the tree of the the wood of the tree. Correct. Correct. Right. Right. Do you think they like chop down a whole pecan tree? Is this like what happens to pecan trees when they stop? growing pecans i'm assuming i'm assuming that you know that the pecan t- trees go to die and then they wow. just chop them up and shred them up into the little pieces here that's for... brutal that's and, brutal you know if you if you're a barbecue smoker you might have some of these chips these ones are really small chips because they're made for the 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 smoker for the cocktails but right. uh and you can get those online you can get them at amazon um right. so uh yeah if you're curious about it, i think you know the one that i have the kit that i have is like under 30 bucks right yeah so this is i mean this is a pretty common thing within the past you know i guess well, it's probably been around for forever, but but it's gotten pretty popular in the last 15 years or so. 
And uh, the way I've always seen it done is by they, they put it into some sort of cloche. Like they have like a, you know, they light some stuff on fire and it's like big enough to contain the wood chips and the glass. And it's always one glass at a time, right? Yeah. And they put it into like a cloche. They put a cloche over it and then, and then you can watch the whole cloche gets all smoky in there. And then it's like a big showy thing where they take the cloche off and the smoke goes up flying up into the Okay, wait. So that, that little glass thing that looks like that you put like over a cake, that's called a what? A cloche? I'm calling it a cloche. I've never heard that word in my entire life. It could be because I just made it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or or it could be the real word. Tell you what, we'll look it up at the same time that we reveal the answer to the trivia question. Okay. Was, was Ben right or wrong? Was that a cloche? Well, you're the English major. Or, right, or has Ben already drunk? I figured you would know. But <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I know that that, that is, is or is not correct. Um, well, anyway, but since we're here together, um, I, I am still staying in the tiki milieu, but I thought, oh, you've got this cool kit here. I thought I would smoke mine as well. So so I I was going to make a, a recipe that I found online, and then it turned out I had all the wrong ingredients, even though I thought I had them all. So I had to call an audible at the last minute. Which was pretty impressive, by the way. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I had pinned to have some prickly pear syrup, as one does. You know, yeah, we've all got that in the back. You know, it's in the back of the refrigerator. To the right, you know, it's behind the year-old um, half-consumed uh, sour cream container. <laughs> Oh, do not open that, do, folks. Do not open that. Just throw it straight in the trash. That <laughs> goes straight, straight into in the, the trash. trash. Forget about the environment. Forget yeah. about recycling. Yeah, yeah. Just go right into the trash yeah. on that one. Exactly. And so, but anyway, behind that, that's where you'll find your your prickly pear syrup. Yeah. yeah. So I so I, I took that and I combined that with uh, with two ounces of rum. But since it's a tiki cocktail, right? And what have we learned about the tiki cocktails? You got to have two kinds of rum, and one of them's got to be navy strength. Of course. So I have one and a half ounces of white rum in here, and I have half an ounce of 151 rum, and then I have half an ounce of fresh lime juice, and I have an ounce of my prickly pear syrup, and I shook that uh, in a shaker with ice, and then I poured that into a temporary smoking vessel, which is a, a lowball glass. Yep. Right? And I poured that all in there. And then, so Matthew's little container, yeah, it's like a, it's like a two-piece set, but it's got like a little metal cage on it. That kind of uh, that is wrapped around in this wood casing, and the wood casing has these holes in it. And so you put that part over the the rim of your glass, and then you cover, you torch the wood, and then you cover that with the second piece of this kit, and then that just all forces the smoke down into the glass. And so then the glass, the, the it, it uh, mixes with with the cocktail. Um, and uh, yeah, you only need to do it for like a minute or two, mm-hmm. and uh, man, it really works. Hmm. Mm, because I used in mine, I used apple chips. Yeah. I had to go out online and do a quick reading because you had like four different chips that I could choose from. Did, yeah. And again, this is apple wood chips. Right. Not like not dried ap- apples. Not dried apples turned into tasty potato tasty chips. Which actually now I kinda I mean, that would be good. But it actually tastes like apple a little bit in here. I can taste the smoke. Uh, I can taste the apple flavor. Um, and it just adds a certain level of sophistication to to your cocktail. And um and this is really good. So yeah, so this is my burnt prickly pear, which I think is going to be apt for how I'm feeling. A little prickly. Because I'm a little burnt, and I'm a little bit prickly, <laughs> and I am definitely shaped like a pear. So, you know, uh, there you go, Bob. That's my cocktail. Uh, thank you for asking. That's very kind of you. Well, yeah, ironically, Bob didn't ask. 
actually. You just jumped right in there. Oh, I just went in. Yeah, so. Well, you know what, Bob? (laughs) Thank you for asking. That's very kind of you. Calm down, Ben. Say the question. What are you drinking, Ben? Oh, now you ask. I just said it. I know the fact that we're across from each other, I think, is throwing off our routine. It is throwing bit. off the routine a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm usually like, I'm not even looking at you because I'm like looking around my my closet. There's a lot of distracting things in my closet, and uh, yeah, like now I have to make eye contact with you, and it's just it's weird. And, but we're beating around the bush. Yes, the the Korea bush. The Korea bush. Um, I thought we were going to be done talking about this. I thought we had moved on. But then, but then, right in the middle of like, you know, you're, you're in that last stage of grief where you're coming to acceptance and, and we're still angry at Farhan and, and Charles Johnson. And then reports come out of New York that says, shocker, they too are concerned about the ankle of Carlos Correa. And by this, I'm sure everyone listening has heard the whole story and kind of all this has gone on. It must have been like, really? Like, I mean, just, uh, yeah. But and, and I think my first reaction, and I know it wasn't yours. <laughs> my first reaction was, okay, maybe we, maybe, maybe Farhan and them were right. You know, maybe they understood this a little bit better than Joe Fan that you and I represent, right? Yeah. And uh, certainly better than all the Twitter followers and, and Twitter users that were, have been just slamming uh, the Giants over the last week, us included. And uh, and and I felt a little a little contrite, a little a little sorry for the vitriol that we expressed when ultimately I think the Giants have been a little bit vindicated by the turn of events over the last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I will say this. Uh, I never felt exactly the way that you felt. Uh, What I felt immediately was... um, Funny as hell? (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, it is kind of funny. Uh, But what I immediately thought to myself was, oh, well, they're still not going to sign him. Right. Right? Like, his chances of being a giant are still zero. Um, The second thing I thought of was... Oh man, maybe I do have to apologize. How can I get myself out of this apology? That was that was that was the second thing I thought. And then you know, and then but 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 it, I did I did go through like some rational thoughts right before I I hit that point, which was like I realized okay, like it, it wasn't really the San Francisco Giants who said there was a problem with his physical. I mean, it was, but it was their doctors, the doctors, right? And. And I never for once thought that the Giants were just making something up, right? Uh, and so I, I think, that, and the fact of the matter is, the doctors are supposed to be doing, in that particular case, they're supposed to be reporting the truth, mm-hmm. right? And and I think that is the most important thing that they have to do. In their professional opinion, they need to be reporting the truth. And But I think what we all felt, the anger that we all felt was... Um, was driven by the fact that we were saying, oh, they're looking for an excuse to get out of this contract because they're cheap bastards. And But the fact of the matter is, I think now we know that there really is a problem here. Yeah. Right? And we don't know the nature of the problem because, of course, the Giants are doing what, what is the correct and professional thing to do, which is they're not talking about it. And, and that means we don't know how bad this situation is. 
And and so, you know, it really is suspect. And and on that regard, I mean, I guess a rational person or a, you know, a more contrite person such as yourself might say, I, I do feel bad. I do feel like I do need to apologize. And I get that. I get that. And I also understand why the Giants weren't saying anything. Right? Because there's like a legal, there's a legal issue. Yeah, well, the HIPAA laws and all that, they can't just go out and say, oh, this is what we found medically wrong and this is why we didn't want to do it. And you, hey, everybody, look at these x-rays. You wouldn't sign somebody if you saw these x-rays or whatever, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it's MRIs nowadays. But, yeah, uh, MRIs. But, you know, so yes, they, they were they were bound to, to, to a certain level of confidentiality right. and can't share right. a lot of that information. And, you know, as angry as I was with ownership in the front office... I did really get a sense, based on how this all played out, that maybe Carlos Correa never really wanted to be a giant. Like, it seemed like he was pretty excited to go to the Mets. Well, I think that there he has relationships on the Mets. I mean, with Lindor there. Mm-hmm. And, and he made it pretty clear on that he was going to go where the money was. Right. So, yeah, I don't know if he was necessarily excited about being a giant. But he probably wasn't really excited about being a Minnesota twin either, right? Right, right. So, right. I, you know, that's just the kind that he... And, and good for him. He should chase his dollars, right? He right. should get every penny that, that, that people will pay him. Mm-hmm. Um, even if that means going to, you know, some slum hole like, the, like, right. like Queens. Right. You know, and... <laughs> wow. Easy. Easy. I mean, true, but easy. And, I mean, this, this, you know, the second best team in your own city. Right, like right. I, you know, born out of the ashes of two teams that right. went to the West Coast. That's right, that's right. I mean, you know, they're they're colored the orange because of the Giants, the orange. They're colored orange because of the Giants, and I think there's a lot that we could. I mean, the Correa story is just really interesting, and it, it continues to have legs, right? Like, it still sounds like the Mets and Correa are starting to trying to work things out. But you just read a headline where it said. 55% chance he signs with the Mets? Yeah, so now that it looks like... I just saw an article on, I think, uh, Bleacher Report that said... that, um, Or maybe it was The Athletic. No, it was Bleacher Report that said that the, the, the word around the league is that execs are starting to feel like there's... Um, yeah, that there's a chance that he may not sign with the Mets. That, right, uh, right, okay. That, that, so, it's only a 55% chance that he signs with right. the Mets. Right, I mean, that's a surprisingly low number to me. Yes, yeah, absolutely. G- given where it seemed like things were a week ago. And it sounds like Carlos Correa is trying to hang on to this long contract... And it sounds like most teams are backing off of that. And so at some point, it, it, that to me opens up the bidding to everyone. Right. Um, like, you know what really opens it up to? Shut up. Don't <laughs> so, say it. No? Don't say it. Okay. The team that shall not be named. The team that shall be not be named. Uh, could swoop in. There's, they have a, they have an opening at shortstop, by the way. There's no way the Rockies are going to sign Carlos Correa. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Matthew, that's just ridiculous. Watch the Rockies swoop in. And <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be. <laughs> that would be amazing. You know what? I'm pretty sure that front office is just high all the time. <laughs> like That's why they don't do anything. That's like, I mean, that's the one team that everybody looks at and they're like, we have no idea what they're doing over there. <laughs> and I think it's because they're always high. Well, yeah. I mean, and if they're that high, they could just be like, one guy could just be like, whoa, Korea. <laughs> He's available. I think maybe we should give him $25 million for nine years. Because he didn't sign. And then they just do it. <laughs> that would be amazing. But no, I know who you're talking about. Yes, the the, the evil team. The evil the- Dodgers. 
And and I, I that's my worry is that this opens that up. Like you know, the Dodgers have a need. They they're they weren't really in on the long term contract. I, I think they're trying to position themselves for Otani next yeah, year. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, and and also they had this whole Trevor Bauer situation that was kind of hanging. They got to figure that out. But that is that is going to resolve itself. Well, it has resolved now. They yeah. owe like thirty six million dollars over. The yeah, last so now season, they so. know what that number is. Yeah. yeah. So, but on a short term contract, you know, yeah. I could see them uh, them coming in on that. So. That's the part that's kind of a little sucky, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, if he's not going to be with the Giants, I definitely want him yeah. somewhere else. I mean, Dodger fans have definitely enjoyed the the pain that the Giants fans have suffered this off season, but most Dodger fans are not really caring about the Giants right now. They're really angry about what their team hasn't done. Well, not just this year, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, the. I mean, I'm talking about the Giants. I mean, the, right? The, yeah, the Giants. I think as you and I were talking earlier, and I think it's a great point, is that we've, you know, we, we had some expectations for this season, for sure, because they pretty much spelled it out what our expectations should be. And those right. weren't met. Right. But we wouldn't need to have those expectations if, oh, I don't know, they'd signed a bigger free agent last year. Right. Or well, the year before. That's, or, yes, that's my point. That's my point. Because, like, the question was, is all forgiven to the Giants front office? And the answer to that is No. Of course they're not forgiven. Like, this isn't about Correa. You know, like like I was talking about at the beginning of the show, there's this couple I know, Dick and Jane, right? My wife and I, we play lawn darts with them every Arbor Day, and, and really that's usually the only time that we see them, but Dick and I have been hanging out a lot recently because they're getting a divorce. Oh. And the reason that they're getting divorced, at least the scuttlebutt on the street, is that Jane was always eating, well, Jane was eating Dick's uh, prescription sardines from the refrigerator. And so everybody's like, can you believe it? Can you believe it? They're getting a divorce over the prescription sardines. But this isn't about the sardines, Matthew. Well, thank God, because I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. <sighs> the point is, Matthew, the relationship has been broken for a long time. Okay. okay, this isn't about Korea. So the sardines were the final thing. That's right. Okay. That's right. They were the final thing, right? They were clearly his. He needed those to get his sardine fix. That's why they were prescription. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We needed Korea or a judge or a Turner or a Bogarts or a Swanson or a, a, a Rodon. We needed one of those guys at least. And how many did we get? Um, just let me check. Let me check. Uh, carry that, one. That would yeah, be uh, zero. Yeah, divide by zero, and you Still get zero. You get well. No, divide by zero. Divide by zero, and you get you get you get it. You get a disaster. <laughs> and that's 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 the problem. And it's not just about this off season. It's about all five seasons. All that Farhan Zaidi has demonstrated that he can do is get rid of old payroll. Which, by the way, anybody can do. You just wait until the contracts are over. That's the secret to that. The one thing that he is legitimately good at is finding diamonds in the rough, injured retreads, um, and then and then turning them into production on the field. Right. Production on the field so that they can get their next big contract somewhere else. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I mean, that that is exactly what he's good about. Good at right, and so it it is five years of of this dismantling of the Giants roster without replacing them with anybody that we care about, 
right? And it's not just at the major league level, it's the minor league level too, right? Like, the, yes, there are interesting names out there. But remember last year, the most interesting name? Who was that? Elliot Ramos. And where is he now? Uh, one step away from flipping burgers. Correct. Correct. And that could very easily happen to Harrison, to Grant McRae, or to insert your favorite minor leaguer's name here. Casey Schmidt. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Casey Schmidt, future never will be. Oh, oh. And, uh, you know, I mean, the point is, is that their overall roster, sorry, their overall ranking within the minor leagues has gone backwards. They're middle of the road at best, right? And so it, it's about that. There are no names whose jerseys I want to buy. Like, you said you were you were in downtown San Francisco not too long ago. I think you mentioned well, this on a previous show. Yeah, the, 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 when you walk by the, uh, the, the giant shop on Oracle, you see uh, Will Clark's jersey being prominently displayed. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you know. Which, you know, for old guys like me is like, oh, I'm so in there to buy that jersey, which I already did. I bought my Will Clark jersey earlier this year. <laughs> uh, so I'm good. But, you know, I think, and I was thinking about this when you asked me, like, what, what jersey would you buy? I'm thinking now, seriously, Alyssa Nakin. Like I, I, I think I think her jersey would be one that it's I would want to wear. Certainly, the most interesting member of the staff or team at this point. Absolutely. And I mean, and that's the point. That's why I'm not sorry, right? Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Okay. I called you guys a lot of names, and none of those have to do with the fact that we didn't that we didn't sign Correa. All of those have to do with the fact that we haven't signed or or otherwise acquired an impact player in five years. And you still haven't done it, and that's why you still suck balls. I'm sorry. Like, I am not sorry about calling you that. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know what, Matthew? I am sorry. I'm sorry they suck so bad. Okay? <laughs> So, like, don't give me this, like, oh, maybe we were all wrong. You know what? You even screwed that thing up anyway. Why did you hold that press conference? Why didn't you cancel it on Monday when you knew you were renegotiating the contract? Yeah, I, and I, yeah. the narrative around that whole press conference has just, I mean, been the worst thing right, for them right. PR-wise. Like, Why did you not talk to, to Brandon Crawford before you signed him? Yeah. Like, you can't back your way out of that. You can't say the physical is to blame for that ineptitude. Stop it. Right. You still suck. Yes, and, and I think on that note, I mean, just you think about all the, the storylines that have been interwoven in this narrative because the Giants, A, screwed it up, and B, have not come forward to explain their side. But we had we had pictures of Correa in his hotel room in his suit all ready to go for the press conference when they canceled it, which I think is false. I don't think that that happened. I mean, they, they he knew before yeah. everybody else. I don't think he's standing in a suit ready to go to, to the press conference when they cancel it. They right. canceled it the night before. But... Yeah, then we hear stories about him shopping for houses in Lafayette and, you know, all these, like, narratives that are going on that make the Giants look terrible. And all they had to do was just maintain radio silence for one more day. They didn't yeah. need to announce this uh, this press conference. They didn't need to, like, get everybody excited about introducing the face of the franchise. If they had mm -hmm. a little bit more patience, then it would have been like, oh, we've hit a snag 
and now things are taking a turn. Yes, there would have been some backlash, but it wouldn't have been quite to the extreme that we got with all these images of Korea being the victim and the Giants just right. being this um, right. Thing. Well, and and everybody else is going to give them credit for being like, oh, he didn't violate you know the HIPAA rules, and and it would be improper for him to to them for them to speak about Korea, like making these guys to sound like they're good guys, and 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 all because they said literally nothing. But you know what? This isn't about Korea. You know who this is about? It's about me. (laughs) Okay? This is about me and what you say to me. And here's what you could have said to me. You could have said, Ben, listen. This offseason has not gone the way that we planned. But we are still working as hard as we can to build a productive and exciting roster for 2023. That statement says nothing about Carlos Correa. That statement does not violate him in any way. Yeah. Right? But it also allows me to read between the lines of saying like, huh, maybe something bizarre did happen here that they didn't anticipate. They recognize that they're now in a bad situation and they really, really wish that they weren't and they're actually going to try. Would I have bought it? No, I wouldn't have. But you know what? It still looks a lot better than you just being silent. You know, there's a lot of ways that you could have dealt with this problem where you didn't violate Carlos Correa in any way. And you could have done a much, much better job of controlling the narrative. And and you have damaged your reputation immensely. Now, I think it helps with the future players that this whole Carlos Correa thing has actually played out this way. So maybe their reputation isn't as damaged as we thought it might be. Mm-hmm. But it's still not great. Yeah. Well, still not great. I also think, I mean, some of the things, like trying to put myself in their shoes, right? I mean, obviously things blew up in their face and they weren't prepared for how to deal with it. Uh, I think complicating things is that they've got, they knew that they needed another outfielder. Uh, The best available outfielder uh, with upside on the market was one Michael Conforto, who also happens to be represented by Scott Boris, the same the same uh, agent that that represents Korea. So, and one in, in a span of twenty four hours, you're getting jilted. You're 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 in conflict with Boris over his client Korea, and yet still calling him up I'm like, "Hey, Scott, how about this other guy that you're talking that you represent?" And and so I gotta feel like that was probably also a little bit of a toe tapping dance there around mm-hmm. how to maneuver that. Although, you know, uh, I, I do know that Scott Boris is a shark and just wants what's best for his clients. And I'm sure it was going to take off his Correa hat and put on his Conforto hat and was all in with whoever wanted to pay him. And and the Giants were that, that team. Uh, but I feel like all of that was interesting in that you're kind of, you know, on one hand, Boris is the only one speaking about what happened. Yeah. And he's the one kind of dishing out and just jabbing the Giants about all these things. And yet, you know, at the very least, I think the Giants could have come out and said, and as they did in their in their little one, two sentence release, they did reference Boris's comments about the contract because yeah. that obviously, well, they're reminding whoever that they weren't the ones talking about it. It was Boris. And so there is no HIPAA violation when Boris right. is the one bringing it up. And so they're agreeing with him that there was a conflict there over their, right. over the, over right. the, the physical. They, they did a really good job of making sure they didn't get themselves into legal trouble. Right. And, but, and that, that 
That's Farhan, right? Farhan's gonna be that guy. You know, good job, Farhan. I'm super. Meanwhile, impressed. you got an owner in New York who's like, "This is our next guy. We got. He's he's the final piece of the puzzle." Talking about all these wonderful things, and oh, they haven't even done his physical yet, right? So, you know, I mean, you're seeing the the yin and the yang, I guess, of of, of baseball there. The the juxtaposition of two teams, right? Um, and you can say all you want about how the Farhan did the right thing. But if Correa ends up signing with the Mets, who's favored to win the World Series this right. next year? It's not the Giants. Not the Giants. Yeah. The Giants are clearly at this point competing for... So the, the Giants the next year in October, as the Mets are celebrating, can remind us all, but hey, at least we didn't break any HIPAA laws. <laughs> yeah. 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 Woo! Woo! Uh. We respect HIPAA. <laughs> I mean, that is important. That is important. I'm not going to deny it. Well, so one thing, though, that you did mention, Matthew was and we've been talking about him all show and let's face it like like pending physical right more likely that this man is going to be a san francisco giant than carlos correa at this point is is conforto and what's you know we we talked a lot about him and manea and stripling and i have just continually passed over these guys as if they were not I don't know, impact players, not the kind of stars that you want. And I, I don't know. Are, are you excited, Matthew? Do you want to put a Conforto or a Manea or a Stripling name on the back of a, a jersey that you buy? So I'm not excited about any of these players as, you know, someone that I'm going to like call forever giant and be all excited about. I will recognize that someone like Michael Conforto is a good signing. Uh, right. I mean, he is a good player. When healthy, mm-hmm. he is a good player. You go back and look at his statistics, and uh, he has been one of the better uh, position player or outfielders, rather, in in baseball over the last few years. Yes, but that's not the question I asked. Well, so I get it. I mean, so there's only so many players out there that are going to drive fan interest, right? And those players are gone. Sure. And so... So I, I give the Giants a little bit of credit in that they're like, okay, well, now we got to make you know lemonade out of lemons, and mm-hmm. Conforto's the next guy on the list. And they went and got him. And so, you know, and, and he does feel a need. He doesn't feel the exact need because a, a center fielder would have been uh, the, the choice. But, uh, but unless they go out and get someone like Brian Reynolds or something like that, this is, you know, we're going to have Yaz in center and Slater, you know, yeah. Yaz and Slater yeah. in center, and you're going to have Conforto and, uh, and Hanniger on the corners. And look, I look me in the eyes. Yes. This you're not answering the question. I'm not, you know, I'm not under a court of law, dude. Okay. You know, the, the, the question is, no, he's not an exciting player, but he will make the Giants better next year. Will you put his name? No, I'm not going to put his name on the back of my jersey. Of course not. Why not? Because he's going to be gone after a year. That's right. He's going to be gone after a year. Michael Conforto, Sean Manea, Ross Stripling... They didn't want to be giants. They have to be giants. They signed Farhan's favorite. One year committed, one year player option contract, which is a win-win for the player 
and a lose-lose for the Giants. The only way the Giants benefit from this is if the player actually produces in that first year and they make it to the playoffs and win the World Series. Right. Or they trade him before the trade deadline. And we know that they won't do that because they're incapable of doing that just as they are incapable of signing free agents. Well, they're not going to do it because they're going to be literally like two games out of the third wild card spot at because the trade gonna, deadline. Because they're going to be two games under 500. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know. I know. And they're going to be thinking, and they're just going to have had Mike Gibstremski win, uh, hit a, a walk-off grand slam, and they're going to think, this is the turning point. Right. Right? The same reason they didn't trade Carlos Rodon, who also had one of these contracts. You know who else had one of these contracts? At least I'm pretty sure he did. Is Kevin Gossman. Did he? I can't remember. I know that they, they finally franchised him, or uh, they gave him the the um, the, the, the qualifying the, offer. The qualifying uh, offer, uh, yeah. I was using right. a different sports term, sorry. Yeah. Uh, they uh, gave him the qualifying offer, and... And, uh, and, and he accepted. Uh, Gossman? Yeah, he accepted the qualifying offer, on, and that's what has brought him back on his second year. Sure, right, okay. And then he wanted to sign, a, a, well, and then they just ghosted him, right? Yeah, apparently, yes. According to Gosman, they never offered him, made him an offer. Right. So my, my point is, is that, like, these short-term contracts, the Giants have no interest in turning them into long-term contracts. Because they get too expensive, and they get scared. They turn into cowards. Just like I said last week, and just like I said in the last episode. Right. Right? The Giants are afraid of long-term contracts, uh, especially when it comes to injury. And the thing is, which is when they give all of these injured players these short-term contact contracts, they're just not going to turn into anything long-term. Michael Conforto is not going to be a Giant in three years. So there's no point in buying a jersey with his name on the back. <laughs> right. Right? And, and we probably don't want him to be a Giant in two years. Because if he is a giant in two years, that means he had a sucky 2023. And so he took, he exercised his player option. Because nobody else out there is going to sign him and he buys himself another year. This is a great contract for him. But it is a contract that says Michael Conforto is not going to be a giant beyond 2024. And if he is a giant in 2024, it means he had a crappy 2023. Right? Right? These kinds of signings, yes, they're smart, they're intelligent, they are the kind of signings that you want to see if you're doing them around a Buster Posey, or a Carlos Correa, or an Aaron Judge, or a Xander Bogarts, or a insert star player here. But when that is your entire team, like, what do we have to get excited about? Yeah, well, I think the only way we're going to get excited is that these these players perform at their... Uh, previous high level uh, and actually contribute to team to the team winning or and and being competitive. Right. right. And you know, I mean, I'm not discounting that they won't, and and I absolutely will be there if they do. Right. Like as I have said, I'm sorry, I'm turning my head away. As they have said, as I have said in the past, like I- I'm done. I'm done with Zaidi. I'm done with Johnson. Like I'm ready for both of them to go away. Um, but. You know, I also reflect, I'm also aware that wins are wins. And I'm not buying tickets in March, April, or May. Right. But you know what? If you guys are competitive and you're playing good baseball, I'm probably going to be there in July. 
Yeah, I mean, you'll buy somebody else's ticket off of, uh, you know, StubHub or <laughs> Right, whatever, well, yeah. below face value. Yeah, because certainly <laughs> certainly the secondary market next year is not going to be strong. <laughs> Folks, you're going to be able to get some real cheap tickets. Especially early on. Yeah. And, and, and I think, well, reflecting on, on a signing like Conforto, and we talked about him last year when we thought he was going to be an option uh, until he injured himself, actually, in, in the offseason and ended up having surgery on his shoulder that uh, that killed his 2022 season. Uh, but here's a guy that, I mean, you look at his stats and you're like, versus right-handers in his career, he's actually got a better weighted runs created plus than, than Jock Peterson. All right, I'll I'm, look at his stats. I mean, he's got a 136 weighted runs created plus against right-handers and a 94 career weighted runs created plus against left-handers, which is almost league average, right? So he's not a terrible... He's not like a Jock Peterson, which falls off the cliff against left-handers. So he could conceivably play against both righty and lefty. You might move him down in the order against against lefties. Uh, but but a guy that can help the team. And so I'm not I'm not mad about this... Uh, about the signing, I, I think, I think obviously, someone like Aaron Judge would have made a much bigger impact than than Michael Conforto, but this definitely improves the team. Where it doesn't necessarily improve it is defense. It, it, the only way that it improves it is that it removes Jock Peterson from having to play the outfield at all. You know that is an improvement. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is an improvement. <laughs> yeah. So you're getting an addition by subtraction yeah, there, yeah. Uh, because I mean Yastrzemski is a, a slightly above average center fielder. Austin Slater as well. You yeah. know, we'll, who will both be seeing the, the the time and center at this moment. And so I I feel like if you look at this, you know, emotion aside of what has happened over the last several weeks, I think in a vacuum, the Conforto signing is a good signing. Oh, agreed. And, yeah. and and I agree with you 100% on these one-on-one deals. Like, you know, it, it, it does really feel like the Giants are, you know, the team that everybody goes to to get their, their next big contract from a team in New York. Correct. Right? Correct. And, and so it's just like why, you know, I, I would like – and, and, and so it, what it reminds me of is like th- that we're the Oakland A's. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like, like, you know, Farhan, we're not the Oakland A's. We're, we have one of the, the we're the fourth richest owner in Major League Baseball. We've got uh, we are one of the, the the we are a big market team with lots of payroll flexibility. And why are we still acting like we're the freaking A's? These one in one contracts is that the only way you're getting these guys to sign with the Giants? Because if that's the case, that's a problem. And and I know we you and I have had discussions about Farhan's ability to connect with people. You know, I mean, I, I feel like if he was in a room with somebody and was all talking about his geeky normal self, like, I just, I feel like that's a problem. Like, maybe we just don't have the right personalities in the room to close the deals or to make the Giants feel like a better place to be. And I, maybe that's a slight overreaction because I'm, I'm, I'm pissed at what, what's happened because I know there's a lot of smart people in the room besides Farhan, but he's the voice. He's the leadership of that. And we're, we're the only way we can get these guys to come to the Giants is by promising them a, a way out. Yeah. If they do well. Yeah. Like, come hey, to the Giants. come to the Giants. We have all these great coaches that will help you get better. And then you can go get your contract somewhere else. And you won't have to be a Giant anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of interesting. First of all, the A's are already filling that, that space in the market, especially in the Bay Area. 
Second of all, Farhan Zaidi, you're no Billy Bean. <laughs> okay? And and third of all, if I wanted to root for a team like that, um, you know, I would probably root for the Rays. Well, Because there's a that. small market team that at least knows how to develop players. Right? And also, I think, knows how to get the best out of players. You know, they look for people who are not performing well out there in uh, in in the rest of Major League Baseball, and they get them on their team, and they tweak that one thing, and they get amazing results out of them. I think the Rays are doing are executing that better than anybody else in baseball, and it's certainly if that's what the Giants are trying to do, they're doing it better than the Giants. But that all being said, Conforto is a good signing. Manea and Stripling could turn out to be to be great. We've got like ten starting pitchers now, sure, right? Yeah. Like a name that I we keep forgetting to mention is Alex Cobb. You know, we've got Junis. We got like I don't know. We got we got everybody. We got like ten starting pitchers. Um, and we've talked a lot, and you know, I just said why Conforto isn't somebody worth getting excited about. But Matthew, is there anything that the Giants have done this offseason that is exciting? Well, I mean, if you're going to go to the, like, not, well, I mean, I mean, there's a baseball side of this, but there's also a marketing side of this too. Is is you're gonna go get Ta- Tyler Rogers' twin brother Taylor, and that's a feel good story. The brothers are back together for the first time since what high school? Yeah, and and so yeah, that's kind of fun. Like I like and, you and I were talking off. Like you and I had more conversation today in the car about all the possibility, like the twin switcheroos that they could do, than than any other thing that we've talked about with the Giants. Right? We were more excited about like the possibilities of. Of of one of them running out of the of the maybe they don't even announce yet who the pitcher is and they don't know until they get onto the mound and actually start throwing their warm up pitches which right. which Rogers is going to show up right more importantly it'd be fun for like the 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 press conferences afterwards and like which one shows up are they going to like do the switcheroo twin yeah thing? yeah when one of them has a bad game I think they should send the other brother out to answer questions <laughs> right and I could just see I'd be like yeah I really sucked today. <laughs> Um, you know, the team deserves more. My brother deserves more. You know, he came here to play with me or, you know, oh, I came here, I to, came play here to play with him and, and boy, he's really sucked. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I, I don't know that they would pull that sort of stuff. I, 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 I think that's, uh, that's, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And you know what is also cool is, is that he signed, his contract is not a one plus one. That's because he wants to be a giant. That's right. He wants to be a giant. Hallelujah. I mean, Mitch, we see you. Okay. Mr. Hanniger, we see you. You know, maybe, maybe I would get a jersey with your name on the back. Okay? Have a good year this year and we'll talk. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Exactly, Mitch. Have a good year. Don't get hurt. And we'll have, we'll have a discussion. But, you know, I mean, like I said at the top of the show, like, if you want to get a player's name on the back, if you want to get two players' names on your back, just get a jersey that says Rogers, right? <laughs> Don't put the number on there, like, you know. Um, or maybe they should wear numbers that are, like, easy to confuse with each other. Like a six and a nine? or a, Ooh, six a, and nine would be good, although I think some of the, those are both, well, nine is retired. retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so a 71 uh, and a 17 or something yeah exactly yeah um so I, I i mean i am looking forward to that 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 is absolutely going to be a fun thing um and i do think what i'd like do like about it is is that it does that contract yes demonstrates 
This is a person who wants to be a San Francisco Giant. He signed, you know, it's not a huge contract. It's not super long, but it's three years, right? Which it's is about as long as you'd want a relief, a relief pitcher, pitcher to do. Yeah, because he's going to have one, let's, let's face it, one of those, not all three of those years are going to be good, right? <laughs> yes. And they kind of do every other. So we hope that this year was his bad year so that we get two good years out of him. Exactly. Yeah. Right? But also... Tyler had his bad year, too. So could you imagine both of them having an on year at the same time? Yeah, and and uh, again, you, know, you go into the advanced numbers. Like, Tyler Rogers was was a pretty elite pitcher. His problem was his defense around him, right? Yeah. And so so I, I think that, you know, you, I don't... I expect Tyler Rogers to have a better year than he did last year just from what we know and what we've seen. Right. Uh, Taylor Rogers, I don't know what was wrong with him. I, you know, I mean, he's a hard thrower, throws... From the left side, which is a little interesting, um, yeah. and but has save upper, you know, he's save experience, you know, closing experience, which you know can give uh, Duvall a break. I mean, they they put Duvall too much out there last year. Yeah, no, they, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. And so this is a way of protecting Duvall as well, and yeah. and and allowing them to play matchups late in the game with lefty yeah. righty. Uh, so. I think this is a great signing, and from a baseball side, and from a kind of it's fun, right? You got you know the twins yeah. playing together. Yeah. Well, I I mean I think it's yeah I think it's really great because it does lengthen the bullpen in front of Doval, and yeah, it gives you a lot of opportunities where he's not going to have to be the guy at all, right? Because uh, Taylor has been a closer, right? Yep. Yep. And um, and I do think it it also does allow you to give very very different looks, right? Because you could actually have Taylor come in front of Tyler. And then bring in Doval, right? Oh, and man. that's just a yo-yo, right? And that's that's exciting, right? And that's I mean, and that's that's actually building around one star player that you have. I mean, I think the sad truth of it is the Giants have two star players right now: Logan Webb and Car- Camille Duvall. That's it, yeah. And and at least in this sense, you're starting, and it just shows that how you can build around that star player with with these kinds of pieces yeah the marketing part about the rogers brothers is great i mean it's fantastic everybody's excited about that part of it but taylor rogers is also a good signing because he makes doval better yeah right and um and i think he makes tyler better and so you know i i think i i really am excited about this signing and uh I, i think that's one part where it's sort of like this at least has gone um well, I don't know that it's gone well, like well, and that you know the Giants did get Hanniger, they did get Conforto. Those are two good signings, right? Yeah. Um, and you know they re-signed Peterson, right, to be to be your DH. But I mean, um, that aside, right, they're still missing that big piece. Um, well, the big threat in the middle of the lineup is still right, still missing, right, and it's gonna be missing, right. Well, and before we wrap up here, uh, you know, you did say the star power, Logan and uh, Logan Webb and Camille Duvall. Uh, what interesting thing is that, you know, fallout through this uh, that I've been hearing is that, you know, Brandon Crawford, who could still be a star player. Uh, right. uh, uh, a lot of people who know him have been saying, you know, the fact that he was so disrespected this year mm-hmm. that don't be surprised if he comes back and has a great year because he's the type of player that will want to prove it. Right. And right. Uh, so that'll be that'll be an interesting side, you know, kind of side story to follow. How does how does Brandon Crawford react to the right. biggest diss of his professional career? You know, and right. and I I could I you know you're comp- I'm a competitive guy. If something like that happened to me, 
I'd be like ramping up a little bit yeah. and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you." Right. I mean, the the, the only downside is this is going to be his 36 year. So I, I do hope that he does come back. I think we all hope that he comes back and has a great year. Um, well, we and need him to. <laughs> He's our starting shortstop. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and we, he has a year similar to what he had in 2021. Oh yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and 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 prove that he is the 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 best the best the best shortstop the Giants have ever had. And um, it, it it is interesting. I mean, just before we talk about, it, I mean, I, one more downer. One thing that we haven't really talked about though is Logan Webb, because you know Logan Webb was heavily invested in the free agent pursuits. Yes, well, he, you can see that on we uh, can see media. that in the social media yeah. and his Twitter and things and and replying to all of these things. He's under Giants control, but not for a huge amount of time he's a guy that you would like the giants to see the giants lock up with a long-term contract although we know they don't do long-term contracts so maybe they have no intention of locking in logan webb everybody assumes that they do i don't know why they would yeah yeah but if the giants want to do that and you're logan webb is this the team that you want to play for or do you just kindly decline and go into free agency and, and skedaddle. Sign with right? the Mets. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's excited to be a giant. He wanted them to make big, big impact. And and they haven't. And, and I worry about how this offseason has gone, how it impacts players like him. Um, you know, I mean, he's really the only player that's at risk in that sense, right? Because I think Camilo's under control for a little bit longer. And... Um, yeah, no, but and, they and there's really be, nobody else. Right. <laughs> and they should be about. talking about long-term contracts with Logan Webb at this point. So you're right. Well, so we're getting we're getting close to the end here. Um a uh, couple things. One, we should revisit our trivia question. Oh yeah. So, uh There was something else that we promised to do at the end of the show and I don't remember what it we was. We were going to look up the word for the well, I don't even remember oh, what it was. Oh, cloche. Cloche. Yes. So, while you do that, I'm going to give the answer to the trivia question. Uh, the question, as you recall, was the Giants lead all of American professional baseball with 11,366 franchise wins. How many ties do they have? And the reason I, I chose this as our first uh, trivia thing, and this actually wasn't actually in the book. I just, it was, uh, there was another question about uh, most wins. Um, but then I went in and looked on their Wikipedia page and I realized that they have the most ties in franchise history with 163. Which means back in like the 1800s and early 1900s, there was a lot of ties. There was a lot of ties. Because we don't play into ties Matthew, anymore. Matthew, that's a season plus one of, <laughs> of, uh, ties. of ties. Like that's like you played game 163 because strangely there was some other team that was, I guess, 81 and 81 and you're, you had to have a one, one, one game playoff. And you tied. <laughs> um... That's mind-boggling, right? Like, yeah, ties don't exist anymore. Yeah, and I can only assume it was because before there were lights and yeah, you know, I think it was because of darkness. Of, yeah, it was the primary reason. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so you got a team that's as old as the Giants that mm-hmm. uh, they lead all of Major League Baseball with 163 ties. Right, right. Well, yeah. and possibly never be broken. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So that is the the trivia question. Now, Ben, Clo-ish. what is this cloche thing? Cloche. A woman's close-fitting hat, usually with deep, rounded crown and narrow brim. So that's not it at all. Well, that's the second definition. Oh, okay. The first definition is a bell or dome-shaped cover. A glass or plastic cover used to protect small outdoor plants from frost. Or a cover 
placed over food during preparation or serving. Uh, that's exactly it. You were right. Hats yeah. off to you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I was I was a hundred percent certain that word was correct. Yeah, I I was uh, I was like ninety percent correct, per, uh, uh, certain that you had it correct, but I had never heard of that word. So. <laughs> I, you know, and I like to consider myself a well-read gentleman, mm-hmm. and yet mm-hmm. cloche was not something that was in my vocabulary. So, Giants fans, uh, hopefully you will use the word cloche at yeah. least one time between now and our next episode, which mm-hmm. will be, I don't know. Yeah. It's not appropriate to use that word in a pun, so nobody say, ooh, that was cloche. <laughs> You're banned from giant cocktails if you use the word in such a way. Yeah. <sighs> You know, I also got, besides my giant trivia book, I got a book about dad jokes. <laughs> so you're lucky that I brought the giant trivia oh, books to no. this one and not the, the dad jokes. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, the listeners are going to expect dad jokes now. Oh, yeah. well, okay. No. no, that's it. Okay, gonna... you twisted my arm. Yeah, I will bring uh, it next Now I'm going to have to find a new host. <laughs> you have to find new money bags to, like... Pay for our hosting. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Uh, okay, well, hey, so you're off to uh, you're off somewhere. I, you know, you have I, a, you have plans. I go, yeah, I'm 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 doing things. So we will be uh, so more than likely next week. Maybe we will unveil the lost episode mm-hmm. um, early in the week, and then if you come, you know, if your schedule opens up later next week, then maybe we could uh, jump yeah. on and do a little. Yeah, bit maybe of we'll jump so on. Maybe we'll let two two episodes next week but nonetheless we will we will be out there and i just want to say listeners that december has been an amazing month for giant cocktails it has been uh we have doubled our downloads yeah i don't know you like us better in the off season than during the regular season yeah which is no joke because as soon as like november hit like our listenership went up like, yeah. I can't really explain that, other than that maybe you guys were just tired of the Giants, but really like us. Or maybe, maybe you're That's like... That's what it is. I That's... think I think more likely is that you were tired of, you were like really craving Giant content, and we're just one of the few that's out there. And, you know, sometimes opportunity yeah. knocks. And, be ca- the, and therefore, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yes. Well, we hope all, a lot, so I'm assuming we have a lot of new listeners this month, and I hope that uh, you're enjoying Giant Cocktails. I hope you had a wonderful holiday season. And Happy New Year to all of you, and uh, Happy New Year to you, Ben. Happy New Year to you, too, Matthew. Oh, tech didn't work. <laughs> He's trying to get all fancy. Oh. Nice. That is terrifying. That scares me. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, go get your smoker and your uh, torch, and enjoy your uh, smoked cocktails. And until... Torch carefully. Torch outside. And Don't until... burn anything down. <laughs> I'm trying to end the podcast here. I'm trying to protect us from liability. Okay, yes, don't burn anything down. All right, that's that's good advice. Until next time, Ben. Cheers. Cheers, Matthew. Ooh, Bye, we everybody. Got we got to do that in real life. We All did. Right. We All did. Right. Bye, everybody. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Uh-huh.